Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, party people? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hudspeth, and thank you for joining me this week. We have an exciting episode, as always, this week. We have some opening day deer season success that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. We're not quite there yet, but uh, that's what we got on the docket today. This might be a little bit of a shorter episode. I don't know yet. Uh, I am watching my baby girl tonight. My wife's away, and so in the other room, my three-month-old is sleeping, so if she starts crying, might have to cut things a little short, but uh, we're going to roll on until that time, and so yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to hunting season. It's here. It's open. It's time to go. I'm going to talk about my opening day hunt, which uh, turned out to be a huge, gigantic failure on my part. Uh, Mostly just a lack of judgment on my part. Uh, But hey, the good news is we can only go up from here. So real quick, uh, this last weekend I was able to head up to the ranch. Um, I watched my baby girl Friday night for my wife, gave her a little break. Uh, Woke up that morning and headed out to the ranch, so I did not hunt opening morning. But I wasn't really planning on hunting in the morning anyway. Um, just, you know, late seasons, more of an evening time thing. So, anyway, drove up there, uh, made a couple stops along the way. I had to pick up some chairs for my blinds that I still needed. Uh, what else? Some batteries. Just random little knickknacky stuff like that. So, took me a little longer than normal to make the drive up there. And uh, so, yeah, I got there, got all my stuff packed up and ready to go. Was there in plenty of time. I actually just sat on the couch and watched some college football for a little while. And then uh, I was getting ready to go. And uh, I upgraded one of my cell cameras that's been on my hog feeder. Uh, I had ran out of uh, pictures. And so, I paid like four bucks or whatever, got some more pictures. And pictures started flooding in uh, from my cell camera on my hog feeder. And uh, the the pesky dang hogs that I'd tried to go after, I don't know, a week or two before, whatever it's been now, uh, they were back. And so uh, I formulated this plan. I got super greedy, and that's kind of where things took a turn for the worse. I got super greedy. I was like, man, that feeder goes off a little earlier than my other feeders. It's on the way. I'm going to stop by that feeder, try to shoot one of these hogs that's coming in like clockwork, and then go back to my deer spot and try to go deer hunting. And so uh, I've been, you know, keeping an eye on the wind and everything. I had a spot picked out, um, and the wind wasn't great. And that's kind of where the story starts, or the uh, the downhill downhill slide, I should say. Uh, the wind wasn't great, and basically I fell into the opening day trap. It was it was deer season. I've been waiting all year for this. I live for it, and I just wanted to go hunting no matter what, and, uh, and yeah, that came back to, uh, bite me in the butt, we'll get there, not quite there yet, so, uh, headed over there, jumped on the four-wheeler, had all my stuff ready to go, 
and uh, headed back uh, towards the back where I hunt and uh, got there early. Uh, climbed up into the hog stand, uh, same spot I was at a few weeks ago. I think I told that story last week. 16 yards from this feeder. Again, I had just gotten all these pictures. They'd been coming in like clockwork. Feeder goes off, and I'm sitting there, and I'm you know I'm like I'm like hand on bow, like I'm ready because these things have been coming in right when that feeder goes off, and nothing's happening. And so again, this spot basically I need the same wind for this spot as I do the spot I was going to go deer hunting. And I mean, just again, like I'm kicking myself so much because again, like the wind just wasn't great. Um, in the morning, they had predicted like a northeast wind. It was supposed to shift to southeast, but it was really more just just straight east. What little wind there was, um, very very small, just like basically no wind. And I was hunting down along this creek, and um, the hogs did not come in. And so I don't know what it was. More than likely, they probably smelt me. You know, my my scent was probably just hovering down in this little creek and so i only sat there for like 10 or 15 minutes because like hey need to get to my deer spot i'm here to deer hunt not kill hogs and so again like that was like red flag number five like the hogs didn't come in when they had been coming in every day and so um i walked back to the four-wheeler jumped on the four-wheeler headed back and uh the way i had my setups i think i've talked about this on here i, I had my recur or sorry longbow and uh, that's what I was trying to kill. I, I had this uh, buck. I, he's either a three or a four-year-old. I think he's a four-year-old. Just not a very big antler deer. Um, small enough that like even if he's a three-year-old, I'm still okay killing him because he just I just don't think he's going to become anything. Uh, two years in a row, he's like his G2 has like grown like it, it looks like it's broken off, but it just grew that way. And so, just a buck that I, you know, wouldn't be super nervous on. Um, a buck that is a great buck to take with the longbow. So, that's what I was after. And uh, But anyway, back to the, the what I was talking about. So, all my blinds, I bought all these Banks blinds, set them up on 4 by 4s to get them up, you know, off the ground for my bow setups. And then I basically built ground blinds out of the 4 by 4s down at the bottom so that I could hunt with my recurve. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying recurve. So that I could hunt with my longbow off the ground and not have to worry about the big long bow being in the blind or anything like that. And so I get back there, and again, I'd planned to hunt on the ground, but I'm just I'm kind of feeling the wind, what little bit of wind there was. And I was like, man, I, like I knew better. I was like, man, I can't sit on the ground. The, the wind is just, it's not good for that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to hunt out of the blind. I close all the windows. I'll be in there. You know, scent will be fine. Like, you know, keep all the scent in. Uh, but again, I, <laughs> I should not have gone for like the 18th time. I should not have gone. So anyway, get back there. I climb up into the blind. I'm like practice drawing my longbow just to make sure I can shoot. It's a little tight, but I think I can shoot it, which is also good to know for the future. And so, uh, have my quiver, my arrows and everything, my bag set up, ready to go. And I get there and of course, you know, I'm hot. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's quite 90, but it was in that range. It was like 88, 90 degrees. I'm in a plastic box. So of course, you know, I open the front window, but then there's no airflow. So then I open like the corner windows. So before long, I'm sitting there with a bad wind. I got multiple windows open and, um, I don't know. I got in there 545, something like that. Uh, kind of late in the day. Cause I hadn't, you know, all the deer had been coming out pretty late. Um, another bad thing that I realized when I got back there, I hadn't been back to this, uh, spot since I planted all my food plots, had zero growth. You know, we've just had no rain. There was no rain before I planted them. Um, I basically just kind of planted them because I could, like, that's the only time I had, 
Um, and I, but I just got nothing growing. So it, it looks like I might be fairly reliant on feeders this year, which is okay, but not great. Not the way I prefer. Um, I think all the, you know, like I basically just planted wheat and turnips. I think if we get a rain, it'll still grow. Um, but I mean, who knows what the weather's going to do. So anyway, all that to say, sitting there, set up there for a while, about seven o'clock or so. I think legal shooting light ended at seven thirty or seven thirty-six. Uh, about seven o'clock, I look up, I see my first doe coming from the left. There was a doe and a fawn and, uh, I'd been trying to kind of con- like decide whether I was going to shoot a doe or not. Um, and I'd kind of decided not to, I was going to try to wait and see if that buck, even though that buck hadn't been there in like two days, I was going to wait, and see if he would show up. So this doe and fawn are coming out and I'm watching him I'm like, all right, sweet. You know, first deer of the year. And, uh, I, I haven't decided yet whether she smelt me or saw me. But basically, when she got to where she could see through that window, I mean, she looked right up at the blind. And this blind has been there for months and months. I think I set these up in like May, something like that. So she should be used to it. I don't know if it was like if she noticed that the window was open. I don't know if she caught me moving somehow or if she caught my scent. Um, But she didn't spook. She just, but she was just, she had me pegged in that blind. Like she was looking straight at it. So I'm trying to be still, and then I see her look kind of straight ahead to her left, and I look over, and like right as I look, I see a buck jump over the fence, and uh, there was a, already another buck in front of it, and there, I'm pretty sure it was a doe with them, so I had two deer to my left, I had three deer to my right. Um, I don't think it was the buck I was after, I didn't get a real good look at it, but there's another like pretty solid two-year-old back there, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was him, and then there was a yearling, and then the doe, and so... Uh, the deer like all looking at each other like, are you okay? Are you okay? You said something. And uh, I, that two-year-old came a little, and he definitely smelt me. Definitely smelt me. Uh, all of a sudden, he just threw his head up and took off running. When he took off running, uh, the doe and fawn took off running. The doe that was with him took off running. The only one that didn't was the, the little yearling. He actually came into the feeder. He's like, what are y'all scared of? And just came right in, jumped into the pen, uh, was milling around in front of me. Um, and so, yeah, all that to say, I didn't listen to my own advice. I got too excited and I hunted a spot that I should not have hunted. And so hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me. I don't think it will. Um, you know, none of the, bu- none of the big mature bucks that I was after, uh, showed up there. Really none of them have even, be even have even been there. Uh, a lot of them have moved off to other spots. Um, I was just try- like basically try- trying to get lucky and, uh, hope that that one, uh, uh, what's coal bucket was coming out. So all that to say, that was like a 10 minute story of me saying that I'm an idiot. Um, I did not listen to my own advice and I hunted a spot. I should not have hunted because I was excited to hunt opening day. So I had the opportunity to hunt the next morning, uh, but I did not. I was so angry and frustrated at myself and the wind was going to be the exact same that, uh, I ended up not hunting Sunday morning. And so hopefully I learned my lesson for the year and uh, I'm going to pay much more attention. And a you know, uh, big lesson for all the listeners out there, those blinds are not scent-proof. <laughs> like, uh, I, I feel like I will push it more if I have an enclosed blind, but especially this time of year when it's hot and you have some windows open and stuff, uh, you just you still have to pay attention to the wind. you got to use some scent control, and uh, those blinds are not miracle workers. So, yeah, lesson learned. I believe I'm going to get to go hunting this Saturday. We have a front moving in. It's supposed to get hotter tomorrow and then cool off a little bit on Friday. And then I think the high on Saturday is only like 79 or something where we are. And so we're going to have a pretty good front. So 
Uh, not sure if I'm going to hunt Saturday morning or not. We'll see what the cameras do, uh, but I'm definitely going to be hunting Saturday evening um, and then probably not Sunday morning. I think I'm going to have to come home, help my wife with the baby. So, uh, yeah, I'll be hunting this Saturday. I think I'm going to get to hunt the next Saturday, youth weekend. Uh, my nephew is going to be hunting for the first time ever. Uh, he's old enough now. I think he's eight. Um, and so I'm going to be up there more for him than myself and then probably take a weekend off the first weekend of muzzleloader, let my wife, you know, have some fun, do some things. I'll watch the baby. And then I'm probably going to take a vacation day. I did this last year and really liked it. Probably going to take a vacation day, uh, that last Friday. I think it's like the 28th or something and, uh, and get to hunt. Uh, I believe it's going to be the 28th, 29th and 30th, uh, three days in a row. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, so yeah, that's a long rambling way of, uh, explaining my October to you guys. Um, Again, don't follow in my footsteps. Be smart. Play the wind. Um, yeah, future hunt plans. And I think that's all I got for you guys for this intro. So season's here. Um, if you're listening to this and you have a cool story, send it my way. Um, we got Jesse Edwards on today. Uh, he had an awesome, awesome encounter opening day. Killed a magnificent buck. So he's on here today to tell us about it. Um, man, I've been seeing tons of bucks fall on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I put a, a post on my Instagram as a, a, a graph that the state had put out and outside of the rut, outside of like the two weeks, you know, in the middle of November, uh, the first week of the season, more bucks are killed the first week than any other week outside of those two prime rut weeks. So that kind of shocked me. Um, but man, after what I've been seeing on social media, I definitely believe it. So good job to all the hunters out there that had some success. My hat's off to you. I suck at early season. So yeah, um, like I said, I think that's going to do it for this intro. Uh, we're going to do some ads here and then we're going to jump into our episode with Jesse. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We have a great hunting season coming up. We got lots of good content, so keep listening. And that's going to do it for me. I'm going to go hang out with my baby girl. Thank you guys for listening once again. Here's a quick word from our sponsors, and I'll see you guys at the end of the episode. Have you ever had second thoughts about what stand you should climb or what time you should hunt? I know I have. If you're in the same boat and want to make a more informed decision using the trail camera photos you're seeing, Deer Lab was made for you. Deer Lab is a web-based app that takes your photos and turns them into hunting intel, allowing you to make data-driven decisions during the hunting season. Visit DeerLab.com to learn more and start your 30-day free trial. If you like what you see, use coupon code OKLAHOMAOUTDOORS, all one word, to receive 20% off any plan. I guarantee you, after using Deer Lab, you'll never look at your trail camera photos the same. Arrowhead Land Company continues to grow and they want to bring you along for the ride. They have agents all over the state ready to help you with all of your land buying or selling needs. Big or small, for business or personal use, it doesn't matter. If you want to buy or sell land in Oklahoma, Arrowhead Land Company is there to help make your dreams become a reality. It may be October, but it seems like the heat is sticking around for a while. And what better way to beat the heat than getting out on a nice private lake and doing some fishing? Private Water Fishing has your back. Simply head over to their website and sign up for your membership, and you will immediately have access to private lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas. No one to bother you or take your spot before you get there. Just a great experience all to yourself. Check out privatewaterfishing.com and sign up for your membership. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show, and today we're talking to Jesse Edwards. How you doing, Jesse? 
I'm great. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Probably not quite as good as you. Uh, you killed probably one of the first bucks in the state. Uh, a nice opening day buck and a fantastic buck at that. So I have a feeling you're riding uh, pretty high on the horse right now. Uh, you'd be correct. Uh, still still kind of coming down off of uh, the excitement and just the uh, the overall relief of, <laughs> you know, all the hard work and stuff that I put into killing that deer. So, So I'm doing really well. Good, good. Well, we're going to hear all about it here in just a second, but real quick before we dive in, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, that type of thing. So, yeah, um, my name is Jesse Edwards. Um, I'm actually a school teacher. Um, I live in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm from uh, around the Chandler area, um, Lincoln County. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of a basic guy. Um I've hunted deer all my life and, you know, just, um, it's been a, been amazing, you know, um, it's a small town. Now I live in, live in the big city now, apparently. So, uh, with me yeah i always uh i I always ask school teachers this question because i feel like some school teachers say being a school teacher and a hunter is great because you know you get like long holidays and long weekends and stuff but i've heard from other teachers that like it's hard to get just normal days out like normal vacation days because you get summers off and stuff so uh what's your two cents on that like do you think being a hunter and a teacher is a good thing or is it a little rough uh you know i i um you know, I can flip both sides of the coin there. Um, there, there's some really good perks to it because you do get, I mean, you get a fall break, which actually my fall break, I'll get a full week off next week. Um, I get a week off for Thanksgiving, um, you know, which are prime time deer hunting Mm -hmm. times. Uh, you know, so, but on the other side of it is, you know, I've always found it. I, I, you know, I have in the past have taken off a day, you know, uh, to go hunting or whatever. And I found that being a teacher, it's easier to be at school than it's, than it is to not be there. If you know what I mean? Mm. So definitely kind of, um, it has it per- its perks for sure. Um, you know, long week or long weekends or, you know, a full week off at times. So, um, I, I do enjoy it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good to hear. Good to hear. We need more good teachers. So thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Absolutely. I love it. Awesome. Well, Jesse, uh, I want to talk about this buck. So uh, I want to start way back as far as we can, Uh, you know, history with the deer, uh, summer leading up to that opening day. I want to hear all about it. So wherever you feel like you need to start, uh, go ahead and just take off. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of start from the beginning. Um, you know, like I said, I grew up in Lincoln County and, um, I hunted deer in Lincoln County for, you know, all of my life. And, um, we had a, we had a spot and, you know, things just ended up working, not working out with the, the lease agreement. And, uh, so we ended up losing, losing our deer hunting spot and, uh, kind of had a, an acquaintance, one of my best friends for, as long as I can remember, we've hunted together for so long. And, um, he actually was doing some guided duck hunts on a guy. Um, and we got to talking to him about deer hunting and he goes, well, actually he said, I got a a 50 acre plot that, um, has been in my family for 40 years. He's like, you know, I know there's some deer on there. Um, 
you guys want to, you know, lease that out, that would be, that'd be fine. You know, like I said, nobody's ever hunted it. And, uh, this was probably, I don't know, about a month into bow season last year. So of course, you know, we, we jumped all over that and kind of just hit the ground running and, you know, started feeding, started, you know, really getting ready to hopefully at all that I started getting some trail camera pictures, um, of this buck and kind of right then I knew that, you know, I was going to try to do whatever it took to get this deer killed. Um, which as of last year, um, I was getting married in December. So it was kind of one of those things where, you know, we were on a, we were on a time crunch. Um, and man, last year, he just always, he was always there it seemed like but it was always at the time when i wasn't um and uh you know like i said he was really really probably um there more times than i can count last year and last year i'd say he probably was about a 170 inch deer which was something i in my life been hunting you know 20 plus years and um had never seen a deer like that you know um so kind of going in and there was a morning where that i was just not feeling very well and i ended up leaving early and 30 minutes after i left he showed up so <laughs> it really is um and there towards the end of the season i i didn't see him anymore um and then i got to talking to the neighbor that's to the north of me there and he was talking about a, a really big buck and so he was you know after talking to the neighbors um this past couple of days they they've been hunting him and they knew he was there um and this believe it or not this 50 acre plot actually kind of bucks up to town um so don't know if that had anything to do with it but um you know it's kind of incredible uh to, to have a you know such a small small little plot like that and see the type of deer that this place has kind of produced for us um is just kind of really remarkable and um so Kind of as of, you know, January rolls around of last year, I was like, man, I really hope you made it. I really hope you made it. And, you know, I kind of made a vow to myself that, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, um, to try to get this buck killed next year if he's still alive. And uh, we kind of roll into the last part of June, 1st of July. Um, I said, well, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to start feeding protein. I'm going to camera, put a camera up, uh, you know, really start the, the hard work and preparation um, just to see if he's still around. And I remember the very first picture I, I got of him, it was June 25th. Um, it was just, I was blown away. I really couldn't believe it. Um, you know, he, he um, ended up growing a drop tine over the year. Um just the i mean amazing uh the growth that i seen on this deer from last year to you know the middle of the summer and um man i'm telling you it was clockwork you know 
that deer was coming in every single day. I mean, sometimes twice a day. I mean, just coming to feed and, mm-hmm. you know, just really was getting me excited and excited for opening day. And then um, about the middle of August, first of September, deer was gone. Didn't didn't get any photos of him. So I was like, man, I, you know, I was really kind of starting to get worried there. And, uh, it seemed like about the middle of September, there he was again, just out of the blue, um, like clockwork coming in about the same time. And, you know, I was, I live about an hour, hour and a half away from that place now. So it seemed like every weekend I was, I was going down just to, you know, for a couple hours on the weekend to, you know, trim trees or, you know, brush my ground blind in or, you know, just whatever work that I really thought needed to be done. Probably so much my wife was not very happy with me, but <laughs> um, I knew, I knew I would have a good chance to, <laughs> you know, if I could just be there, right, you know, right time, right place type situation. And, and uh, the week leading up, to opening day he was there for the five nights at the same time every single day um they 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 were um the, now were these the week of before both season every every picture i got of him was at seven o'clock about about on the dot you know six forty-five, seven hmm. to seven fifteen. Um, and then Friday night, the day before I had no pictures of him. I was like, Oh no, you know, kind of one of those deals where the day before and he kind of disappears and, and people that hunted mm-hmm. long enough probably is like, well, they know, they know season's coming. They're going to go into hiding. And, um, so I, <clears throat> I knew there was no reason for me to, to deer hunt open in morning um, cause there was a chance that he, he could have already been in there, you know, from four to six or whatever. And I didn't want to bump him out. And, um, mm-hmm. I woke up early Saturday morning and I think I had a hundred trail cam pictures on my phone and 45 of them was him. He was in, he was in there from <laughs> 6am to 701. Um, so I felt like, you know, okay. I made the right decision um, by not hunting him and would have maybe possibly would have bumped him out of there. Um, so I was like, man, I'm going to slip in there early this evening and, and just, you know, play the waiting game. And, um, man, it was – I probably got in the blind around 3 o'clock. And within a matter of an hour, I already had 15 deer in the field. You know, so I – was sitting there waiting. I knew at any moment I had enough intel of where the deer was coming from. I mean, I knew. Uh, so actually, there was what, a, what was planted the, in the field. This field that I hunt is just a big hay field. Um, and the the farmer that I hunt on, he just plants a, a hybrid oh, mix. Gotcha. And um, actually, the field didn't get cut. I mean, it was. <laughs> shoot man it was probably five foot tall in the middle of september the end of september um i think the field got cut like the 27th 
No, actually, it was probably the 25th is when they finally got the last bell out of the field. So that could have been a little bit of of the issue of kind of making him not as um, not as frequent. Um, but man, like I said, as soon as kind of the smoke cleared, the deer was back. Um, he was there every night. Um, it was almost a given that he was going to be there after dark for sure about every evening. Um, so we're sitting there and it, it was an awesome experience. I got to, you know, I got my best friend, uh, that has hunted with me for years. He was in the blind with me when it, when it went down and I'm telling him, I said, you know, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. And, um, like I was already making plans to, to, uh, what I was going to do different on Sunday if it didn't work out, uh, on opening day and man, a couple bucks ended up coming from the exact same spot where I knew he was. And I knew these three bucks had been running together, you know, just from all the pictures I've gotten and, and everything like that. So uh, that first buck steps out and it's, it's probably, it's ever bit a seven fifteen, seven twenty. So it's, it's coming down to the wire. Um, and next thing I know, I see a third deer in the, in the little mm-hmm. transition from the field to the woods there. And man, I'm telling you, as soon as, as soon as he stepped out from the woods there, I knew, I mean, a deer like that, you just know, I feel like, you know, there was a lot of times leading up to this moment of, <laughs> it was all pictured. It was all played out for me. Um, exactly where he was going to come from, how he would come in, um, all the way down to where he'd run off and, and eventually die, you know? Um, so he comes in and he comes to 17 yards and, uh, man, I just, I let him have it. And it was kind of one of those things where once I, once I shot, I was like, I don't know. I, I did. I mean, I, that, that part kind of went, went a little black for me. Um, he runs out there probably 50 yards and, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at him through the binoculars and I'm just sitting there telling myself, just die, just die, you know, and he just lays down and his head's up, he's looking around <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, you know, I'm shaking and I can't hardly control myself. And, uh, next thing I know he gets up and he just starts walking towards the, um, the woods again where he came from and I was like man I I don't want him to I don't want him to get down in the creek because the creek that butts up to this place is probably it's ever bit of a 40 foot drop and that was going to be a, a that, that was going to throw a wrench in a lot of the plans there um for tracking and a recovery if <clears throat> if that came to it um and the deer ended up laying down in the field again and did kind of the exact same thing. His head was still up looking around. And I was like, you know, by that point it was already completely dark. I really lost sight of him. And he got up that second time. And I was like, I know, I knew he was headed, headed back to where he came from. And, uh, I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and give it a little bit of time. And I think, uh, you know, emotions and everything kind of got the better of me. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get out and just see if I can't find my arrow. You know, curiosity kind of killed the cat. And uh... <laughs> Yeah. 
That 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 patience game right there is you know, the hardest so thing I, ever. Luckily, yeah. I found the you arrow. Know, it was just, just right there. The arrow, it's kind of where the, I made the shot, and I pick it up, and there wasn't a drop of blood on this arrow. So right then, you know, my, my heart sank. I was like, my gut shot him. You know, I made a bad shot. And um, so I'm standing there, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to back out. You know, I've got a, I've got a contact to get a dog out here. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm confident enough in myself and, you know, all the practice that I put in to shoot, you know, to shoot this deer. I um, just turned my headlamp on and looked over there in the woods and I seen a white belly laying over there. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to, I don't know if he's quite dead, you know, I'll just mm-hmm. kind of go back to the blind and kind of gather some stuff up and just kind of, kind of take that deep breath, you know, and set back a little bit and probably waited five, 10 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go check. I'm going to go, I'm going to go check. And, uh, man, it's, you know, I, I get, <laughs> he's probably 70 yards from the blind, um, in the woods there. And I just, man, I, is it the closer I got the, the, I don't even know what kind of emotions ran through me. Um, you know, I, I knew, I knew I see I, he was dead. I just, I had the, the feeling and man, I went over there and there he was. It was like just everything that I could ever have dreamed of, you know, mm-hmm. the deer that I've been staying up past bedtime just to make sure that he was still coming in every night, you know, was, was right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. And just uh, for the listeners who uh, maybe don't have a photo in front of them, uh, um, just describe so the buck. You know, describe what he looked like. Deer, number of points, mass, um, that in velvet had a, about a six or seven inch drop time um, on what would be the the left side of his rack, and um, and then his right side was just about as straight. It went. It extended out past his nose, and it was it was just something remarkable uh he ended up scoring 192 and two eights um and he was sitting right at right at 20 21 points um with you know if he wouldn't have broke the drop time off in velvet he would he would have been well over 200 had a you know had five inches of mass all the way around pretty much um just I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's it's something uh, that I think is is a you have to see it um, just to to get the full understanding of yeah. I mean, what what type of what type of deer he was, and uh, you know how old he had to have been. Uh, we were guessing five five and a half. Um. And, you know, like I said, from last year, he was probably a, a high 160 to 170. And then just, I mean, in a year, just grew 25 inches. I mean, just blew up. Um, and and I shot at a deer last year um, yeah. in that same field. And I don't know if it was the same buck or not, but um, 
that it, that might have explained some of the you know the weird kickers and you know the drop time if I would have hit him and you know I've always been told they will develop uh you know something on the opposite side of their rack if they've been injured or something and you know who knows um mm-hmm. who knows if that was the same deer that I shot last year uh, and did never find um but just the the whole the whole story and mm-hmm. the whole preparation up and just you know time and effort and um everything put into it is and just so many years of hunting and and finally being able to to put my hands on a deer like that was just just an amazing feeling um really um beyond blessed to be able to you know to have an opportunity to hunt a deer like that and uh, it was kind of funny you know i i posted it to oklahoma bow hunter um on facebook and probably within 35 40 minutes um i got a message of from somebody on facebook that you know was like hey where did you kill this deer at um and he sent me trail camera pictures of him um from that morning he was actually on his he was on his place at 9:30 that morning and and oh wow i don't know what you want to call it uh but the kid wasn't there the guy was not there to hunt him that that morning um so that was yeah. <laughs> that was kind of uh, uh made me speechless a little bit to know that i mean it was a drop I mean, just at a drop of a hat that somebody else could have had that deer. And, and that, that kind of was like, whoa, you know, this is very, this is a really special moment to know that, that I was fortunate enough to be at the right yeah. place at the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, on, on any property, you know, these deer, they can go wherever they want. You know, they're not your deer. They're not anybody's deer, but especially on a, a property of 50 acres. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, there was probably I, um, multiple people. You know, the west side of this place deer. actually busts up the town. So nobody in town could have hunted him, but I know um, the the neighbors to the north, they, they had seen him last year. And, um, uh, and, and then the, the guy to the east of me, um, which, I'm sure that's where that deer was living, um, living either on him or, you know, living in between me and him and kind of going, kind of going back and forth between us both. And, um, it's actually crazy. He told me he, he missed that buck last year at 50 yards. Um, so it's kind of one of those deals where, um, they, it was really kind of anybody's, anybody's ball game, um, he kind of bounced around from the neighbors of the north and to the east, obviously, and mm-hmm. maybe even crossed the road and went to the guy to the south of me. That I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to him, but there's a there's a really good chance that you know somebody else could have killed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask because. I don't know, one thing that uh, it's always frustrating for me, and I feel like a lot of people deal with it, is just kind of that fall shift, you know, like like I have several bucks that I've been getting pictures of a lot this this summer. Uh, I even tried the same strategy of running a protein feeder this summer to try to make some bucks stick around. Um, I had some cows <laughs> come in halfway through the summer that ruined that plan a little bit, but uh, 
But, you know, I had these bucks every night, and then about two weeks ago, they all started shifting, and most of them I've picked up in other places. But anyway, that shift usually happens, you know, around the first week of the season or a little bit before that. But one thing that sounds interesting about oh, yeah. this deer, yeah. I mean, it sounds like he was um, living right there like year-round. This deer, and I've kind of come to a little bit of the conclusion that he was bedded pretty well close to where, you know, he was getting fed. And he kind of knew every time I came in there, you know, after a while, after doing it for a few months, what it meant. And um, it seemed like after no time at all, after I went and, you know, kind of put more feed out for him that he was there. And, I mean, it seemed like no time at all. Um you know, there, there, like I said, I live in Norman and this place is in Lincoln County. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like I would, you know, get on the turnpike to head home and I'd already have a picture of him. Um, so he, he... Hmm. Do, do you think maybe he found some security being that close to town? Like, well, just, that, uh, that, you that's know, maybe he was a little bit more kind used of, to uh, human what presence. I thought as well. Um, you know, it, it's kind of one of those deer, deals where the, the specific field that I'm hunting sits way off the road. It, it's tucked back in, um, and there's never been any any hunting pressure there. Um, like I said, I hunted it last year um, a little bit. I probably really didn't hunt it until, you know, probably muzzleloader is when I think I really kind of hunted it hard. Um, and like I said, so... I think just with the way that the property is set up, there was a lot of a lot of places for him to bed down, and there, I think there was a lot of security because, I mean, that field was pretty much isolated um, in the very back of this property. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. Did uh did this buck teach uh, a lot you of anything patience. that you felt um, like you could use in the future? You know, I I've had some run-ins with some some good deer in the <laughs> in the past. Um, nothing like this, but just just being just being patient and um, you know really putting a lot of time in into one deer. I felt like maybe in the past I I've, I've known I've had some good bucks and I've missed out on sitting on on the place I knew where he was at just because I'm like, well, I've been seeing, you know, some other deer, you know, at another spot or whatever. And, um, I think the one thing that I, I definitely learned on this is you, you better put in the work. I mean, um, be there every time you can, um, mm-hmm. you know, do all the preparations and, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that, to kill big bucks like that, man, you gotta, you gotta kill them early. I mean, um, before their summer pattern switches up before they, you know, they kind of, they do what deer do and disappear. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, the great deer hunters that it seems like are out there, I feel like a lot of them kind of shared that sentiment of like a lot of them almost hate the rut because the really good hunters that want to get in there and pattern deer, they want to pattern them early before all the 
crazy hectic rut stuff oh yeah know, starts like I mean, they want that deer to be you on know a pattern i've and that's seen how they deer get them so go four or five miles yeah, that's, that's really away during the rut and it's like you know those deer are so hard i mean it's really almost impossible to know what a rut a deer and rut's gonna do um where he's gonna go i mean you know what he wants to do i mean mm-hmm. um that's just if he does it in front of you or not you know um like when the rut hit last year, I didn't, I didn't ever see, I never saw this deer. And to be honest, I lost a lot of my deer last year during the rut. Um, I had a, uh, a really wide buck that was, you know, probably a 150 um, up and disappear. Never saw him. Um, and it was a deer that, you know, somebody would have posted about. So you would have, you would have saw this deer. Um, and never saw him and, and yeah so you you just never know i mean um somebody five miles away could have killed him and um not posted about him i mean um so yeah i mean i i'm a big fan of the ruck because mm-hmm. there's a really good chance that you bring a deer in from from a long ways away that normally doesn't live on you so there there's always that unknowing about the rut it's like we well, gotta hunt it mm-hmm. you just never know yeah mm-hmm. that's right that's right well awesome jesse um i'm trying to think uh any other last minute man if I, or I wish i was tips or tricks i wish i had all there? the tips and tricks in the book man i i, I man I, I i'll i'll put a lot of this <laughs> on luck you know um uh, yeah I'll, I'll throw out one tip that i've learned from this is uh don't overlook those you know small weird close to town properties uh you know and it doesn't necessarily have to be close to town but just those those smaller properties that most people are going to look right over because they want that big you know couple hundred acre Absolutely. lease or whatever um, i'm glad you brought um, that up that, know, don't forget about those, those small chunks over the course of my years of hunting has been you know, I've never really ever considered, you know, a, a small little plot. Um, and, and it just goes to show you, I have a buddy. He also lives in Lincoln County. Um, he, he shot a, a 160 off a five acre plot. Um, and, and it just goes to show you, um, hmm. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer now and I will tell anybody, uh, anybody that's listening, uh, if you've got a chance to hunt, five, 10, 20, 30, I mean, 50, whatever. I mean, get out there and hunt. I mean, put in, put in the work and, um, you know, it, it may not happen in a year. It, it may not even happen in two years, but, you know, I, I, I really think that, um, there's a good chance to, to kill a deer, you know, a 190 or even maybe better on a small piece of pl- a property like that. Um, there's just so many, that's the thing about hunting, you know, there's mm-hmm. so much that goes into it. And, um, I think a lot of people overlook how simple it can be, um, just hunting those little pockets and little areas of land. And, um, I, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned about this whole situation is you just never know what's on anybody's place. 
there could be a. Mm-hmm. No, I was just gonna say, you know, there's just always awesome, an opportunity man. to, to go ahead, you know, to hunt hunt big deer. Um, there's a guy on YouTube that I watch, um, Seek One. The the guy is shooting, I mean, 150 plus deer mm-hmm. in town, you know, behind a Walmart or you know, in a neighborhood. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just get out there. I mean, start hunting you know whatever whatever you can get and just just mm-hmm. put your efforts into it that's right i love it i love it nice words well jesse uh man i think unless you got something else that's probably going to do it for us sounds yeah. like an amazing story and congratulations by the way i don't know if i've said that yet uh absolutely stud of a buck um and for all you listening um, the buck will be uh, up on my Instagram. The picture will be, and then uh, also, yeah, like you awesome, said, it's on Oklahoma well, Bow Hunter. I so you be sure to go check it out, fun, man. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, uh, I'll be feel that second I'll be back buck out tag, be sure to give me a call um, just as soon as I can. <laughs> um, kind of got some information on a new piece of property, and you know, just kind of never know. And going to give that a shot and see what's going on over there <laughs> i did promise my wife i like it I never satisfied deer, i would gotta, i would keep putting anymore, in that work i think she that was a a little fib so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course awesome well jesse thank you very much for coming on and uh yeah until next time we'll talk to you later Yep. Thanks, man. Have a good one. And there we go. Congratulations again, Jesse. Uh, man, getting it done on opening. That's like a dream of mine is to kill an opening day buck. And uh, the way my opening day went, it's just not even <laughs> not even in the realm of possibilities. So, so yeah, thanks again, Jesse, for coming on. Um, I love these podcasts where it's it's mostly entertainment, but within that entertainment, you get some little nuggets of wisdom. Um, don't overlook small parcels. Work hard in the off season. Get things going. You know, talk to your neighbors. Just all that stuff. Don't just listen to these stories. And, and take them as entertainment. Dig something out of them. So congratulations again, Jesse. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, yeah, just to everybody listening out there, I don't know if I've said this yet or not, good luck to you guys. Um, I mean, I mean it. I'm really rooting for you. I hope you're getting out there and enjoying God's creation, enjoying nature, and uh, and just enjoying the great outdoors. So thank you guys again for listening to this podcast. I'm going to get back to my baby girl. Sorry this week's a little bit shorter. Um, but you know, we're still getting out some good content and we have a lot more of that coming up. So thank you guys again. Hope you have a great rest of your day or evening or night or whatever it is. And thanks once again for listening to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. (laughs) 